Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us for this week's episode of When I Grew Up. On today's episode, I am very fortunate to have my friend Jane Mo here with us. Hey Jane, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for being here. Um, I really appreciate your time. I know that things in media are super busy. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you. Of course. It's my honor. Um, so Jane is a video producer for USA Today Network. And um, I'm excited because I feel like, you know, we have similar heartbeats in the sense that, you know, just telling people, wanting to tell people stories, wanting mm-hmm. to tell stories. And um, I don't know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Jane, but like, yeah, just really make an impact. You know, I feel like yeah. journalists, you know, that's the heartbeat that really those that are passionate about it. Um, so thank you again for I'm excited to hear your story. So, Jane, what is so I know what USA Today is uh-huh. like USA Today News, but what is yeah. USA Today Network? Yeah. So USA Today is the flagship for USA Today Network. Um, it's our parent company for Gannett. We actually own over 200 plus properties across America. So these are local newspapers like Arizona Republic, the Tennessean. Mm -hmm. So all of it is known as USA Today Network. Mm -hmm. So what I do is not just create videos for USA Today, but all of our local properties. So USA Today Network is kind of a more accurate description of my job. That's crazy. Like, that's crazy. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I mean, I guess that makes sense that they would have affiliate types of... um, what did you call them? Properties? We call them local properties. Local yeah. properties. Okay. Yeah. Um, so as a video producer for them, um, what, like, what do you do? Like what, yeah, just tell us what your day looks like. Yeah. So as a video producer, um, we're looking at trending stories, any articles on our site that are doing super well, um, that mm-hmm. don't have a video accompanying with it. So if you click into most articles um, on USA Today, CNN, any of the big um, news outlets, there's usually a video that comes with the article. Mm-hmm. Um, it's to just provide more context. It's if you know there's a lot of visual aspect to it. It's just to add more into the story. It's also a source of revenue for the site because we can play ads on it. Um, So our job is to kind of find these stories or even like these viral moments that will happen um, and we will produce them. So we're going to write a script for it. We're going to edit it and then we're going to write the language for it, which is like the headline of the video, the caption of the video. Um, and just like from start to finish, produce a whole video for a story or even a standalone video. It might not have an accompanying story, but it could just be a really fun video. I mean, I just feel like as a person that didn't grow up in a generation where, you know, you can click on videos to, on mm-hmm. the internet to watch the news. I'm not old. I just, I'm just <laughs> saying like, just it has evolved oh, so much. Yeah, for sure. And so quickly over time that um, I feel like the video aspect of the news these days, without it, like, it's almost like there is no news. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Video. uh Yeah. What were you going to say? I was going to say it's it's new. Like, I mean, video obviously has been around for a while, but getting news through, like, these little videos that you see on like Facebook or Instagram is a totally new concept for sure. 
And I mean, I feel like just, you know, our, like right now, um, young people, whether like any type of news, like we wouldn't know about it unless it was for the video content or social media part of it, unfortunately. But, <laughs> but, um, so, okay, you're saying how, you know, you find, um, like stories and things like that. How, like, how do you find the stories? How do you, how do you like go about to see like what is trending? Do you yeah. have other like algorithms or? Yeah. So there are actually a lot of programs that we use that show like in real time what stories are trending on our website. Um, it shows what stories are trending for competitors' websites. Mm. But for me, I have found that the best way to find stories is organically. Um, and so instead of looking for metrics, I will go on Facebook and just scroll through my newsfeed. And my newsfeed is like scary to some people because I am following like hundreds of like news outlets mm-hmm. and I'll just see what is starting to bubble up on top organically like what are my friends talking about what are people tagging each other and uh, what video is doing incredibly well for ABC news that we don't have mm-hmm. um, so I focus on things that I see just organically on my feed because if it's on my feed then people are probably talking about it on a national scale that sometimes we miss because we're so focused on like the analytic part of it oh wow that's so interesting because um so like do other okay so USA Today like they they are covering a story um, I mean, like, how do how do news outlets catch like first wind of things? Do you know, like, reporters or? Yeah, no. I mean, it's it's anything. Mostly, it's because somebody else wrote about it, and okay. you know, a lot of the ways that we get our stories is from our local properties, right? So it's local stories that are making national headlines. I see. Um, so we'll grab from our local properties and make it into a more full fleshed story for national or something will just go trending online like there will be a viral post on Facebook I remember there was like one post where a mom um, was talking about like her ring doorbell being hacked and the cameras oh gosh we reached out to her and it became a national story because a lot of other people came out with these allegations Um, and so it's just kind of like seeing what's on those platforms yeah I see okay that's kind of crazy to think about I feel like but um what was I gonna ask you about yes oh and you were also saying you know you produced a video so what does that mean like meaning I know you said you're doing scripts and things like that and as somebody that kind of has a little bit of background in video editing is that something you have to do too or do you have other people that do that for you yeah so I'm editing it as well so from top to bottom, um, writing the script, and then I'm finding the visuals for it. So um, we have sources like Getty Images or Associated Press Video Hub. We have partnerships with these um, video hubs or these like photo galleries um, providers so that we, we have content to use. And then we put it together using Adobe programs like Premiere Pro or After Effects. So there's a lot to it. It's like you need that um, journalism instinct, but mm-hmm. then you also need to be a great editor and a fast mm-hmm. editor because it's like, you know, story after story. 
Um, and then you have to also think about the social aspect of it, right? Like, okay, I made this great video, but then how I write with it is gonna it's gonna determine if it's gonna get in people's eyes or not. Because if I write a sucky headline or caption, then it's not gonna get as many views. Um, if the thumbnail is not as engaging, it's not gonna get as many views. So you have mm-hmm. to also think about it from a social perspective at the end. That sounds like so much work. <laughs> it is. It is. When I first started, one video would take me like six hours. Because... Yeah, I'm sure. I don't. I believe it. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, like, um, what about now? You know, how long have you been with USA Today Network? I've been here for two years now, which oh, is wow. Crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. I feel like I remember when you first got the job. <laughs> <laughs> But um, so, I mean, in the two years, like, do you feel like you've grown exponentially in your ability to even like catch stories and then like make it into the product that you need it to be? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just I think it's with any craft. If you just do it over and over again, it becomes second nature to you. Um, I had to completely learn from scratch a program called After Effects, which is one of the hardest Adobe programs to learn. Mm. Um, but now it's like fun to me, you know? Um, I used to average like one to two videos a day, but by the end I was doing like six to eight, like just regularly. Um, <gasps> Holy smokes. But I mean, it also just depends on the edit load. So sometimes videos are really easy. Like you just, maybe you have like one line of text and it's good to go. And then mm-hmm. others are more of a strenuous edit. Um, But yeah, it's just, it's crazy now when I like see what you're able to do just from like two years of doing it over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah. How long um, on average is a video? So there's so much to it because, um, (laughs) yeah, there's so much. So on platform, which is what videos live on our website, Mm -hmm. we like to keep it under one minute and 15 seconds there's no rule though it's just you know the the longer the video the more people are going to tune out and it hurts us um even on social like for example on instagram the limit is one minute um so we're trying to think about that even on and on twitter i believe it's like two minute and 32 minute 40 but then on youtube longer videos do well Mm -hmm. um and then our videos also get sent to zumo and then to roku so like (laughs) There are, there are so many, and then there's Snapchat and then there's TikTok. So there's so many different aspects you have to think about. So usually we try to keep our um, videos on the shorter side, like a minute to a minute 30. Um, but sometimes we'll just have cute standalone videos that are like 35 seconds, 40 seconds, but it just really depends on the content that we're making. Right. Man, I didn't even think about all those platforms you just Oh, named. yeah. But that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I feel like that's necessary too. Yeah. Man, that's insane. So, okay. <laughs> we I could ask you more questions and I'm sure I will later. But before we get into all of it, um, yeah. Jane, could you take us back to the beginning? You know, like why are you a journalist? You know, yeah. why, what made you want to do this? And um, like, take us even back to high school. Like, when did you decide, like, this is what I wanted to do? Yeah. So it's interesting because journalism is just not like a field that, you know, a lot of like Asian kids going into. (laughs) I'm um, yeah. But back in even from middle school, 
actually back in elementary school, I always loved writing and reading. Mm. Um, but my friends would always be good at like math and science. Um, but I just never leaned towards that. Like I was always um, excelling in language arts, but never in the department of math and science. Um, and, you know, there's not too many things that you can do with those majors. Mm. Um, and so I was always interested in journalism because that was kind of the only major that I knew that involved writing to that level. Mm. Um, but when I went to UGA, I sat in an orientation and I had accidentally switched my major. I was actually um, intended education major because I just like, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. But in order to sit in the journalism orientation, I had to sign a sheet of paper and I had switched my major without knowing. So what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I... Like, I didn't know until I had to register for classes. And oh, it's, my gosh, Jane. That's so funny. Okay. Uh-huh. Journalism. But I didn't... I'm kind of the type of person where, like, those things don't really, like, shock or bother me. Like, I was just like, yeah, like, core classes are the same. Um, but eventually, I took a few journalism classes, and I just, like, fell in love with it. I fell in love with how intense it was. <laughs> and how like how fast paced it was and how like it just demands so much of you and mm-hmm. the my professors were like the best in the biz mm-hmm. and their passion for it just like it just caught on to me like I just wanted to be what they were doing mm-hmm. um so yeah like there was this one program in Grady which is also like one of the best journalism schools in America um called News Source. I, have you heard have you heard of news source you know you, I graduated from Grady yeah so and I worked with news source too yeah, yeah news source is like brutal yeah tell people about news source so um yes you, you tell it because yeah. I, I I um transferred to UGA late in the game and so in order for me to get into news source and even put my foot in it was really tough oh, wow. I really had to like fight my way through Um, but so for those that don't know what news source is like uh, Jane is correct Grady is one of the top journalism schools in the nation and I am proud to have graduated from there (laughs) and I know she is too and and I can attest to even the professors that she's talking about um, truly truly like they're tough they're gritty you know (laughs) and they're just and they're like they're I don't want to call them old, but they're like old souls. Like they've been around for a long time. They know how the business works. They know how journalism works. And so when they taught, they taught with purpose. And I, I remember these classes that I took. I didn't, I didn't take a lot. I didn't graduate um, from the same major that Jane did. Um, But we graduated from the same department, same school Um, and news source is one of the resources that Grady provides to equip their students for the real world, for their jobs. So Jane, could you elaborate on News Source a little bit more? Yes. News Source is basically a local news station that is hubbed in UGA, but it's, we don't call it like a college news station. It is the only news station in Northeast Georgia. That's how we phrased it. Um, And it was treated like a 24-7 newsroom. Mm. Um, we came in there and from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. with a debrief at the end, a post-show, um, 
you had we had to put on a whole show for 30 minutes mm-hmm. and it is just it is the most brutal thing I have ever gone through <laughs> because you are you are you have to go through different roles so you are either like a reporter an anchor an assignment editor a producer a digital producer so they put you through every single role so that you get a taste of everything but you have to come in with pitches in the morning. That means you have to find stories to pitch in front of everybody, including your professors, the moment you walk in the door. And if you dare repeat any pitch that is old, like you will get destroyed. <laughs> like it is, it's just, it's crazy. And after you share it, like that's like, you have to find, like go out and interview people. You like, I remember I had to drive 40 minutes out to Barrow County and like interview some firefighters because there were like so many fires that day. Um, but it's just, it's, and you have to carry camera equipment and shoot everything yourself. So we're doing the work of MMJs, which is a multimedia journalist. Mm. So you're not just like there, like holding a mic and like interviewing people. You are shooting everything. You are shooting your own B-roll. Um, and then you come back all the way back to Grady and then you write a script, you write out you have to do a voiceover in the sound booth and then you have to put your package together. It has to be reviewed by a professor and then you have to write a teaser. You have to write an anchor intro and it's just like, yeah. It's That's crazy. I had no idea how you guys yeah. did it because, um, you know, my role in News Source was, um, you know, making the show happen from the behind the scenes, right? As like um, floor director, camera person, or assistant AD and things like that. And um, I didn't even, again, I was late to the game when I transferred to UGA. So I didn't know the intensity of the journalists themselves and what they had to go through until someone explained it to me. And um, man, I just feel like News Source is such a like vital... resource in preparing people that truly wanted to go into broadcast journalism you know um so do you feel like that in itself like kind of what it mean you know now that you're in it and you're doing it do you feel like a lot of it was helpful in what you're doing now oh a hundred percent a hundred percent and it's not like the same skill set like moved over it's it's nothing like that it's just it prepared me to work so hard and just to be so passionate and just to keep thinking outside the box and just you know it's like all the lessons that I learned from my professors just stuck with me Mm. um and it it was all about like that work ethic and just yeah just being the best and like that culture of excellence was really ingrained in me through New Source. I think that's so great because I feel like I do meet a lot of postgraduates that start working that they feel like, you know, college didn't really teach them much, you know, like in the sense that um, the things that they do on the job aren't necessarily things that they they did in college. And I think it's so great that it was very applicable, you know, in the world, too. Yeah. so like, okay, oh, sorry. What came to mind when you were talking though um, is like the competitiveness within the industry. Oh my gosh. Do you feel that now, like currently? Mm, right now it's a bit different. And also I'm not in broadcast journalism. I'm in the digital side of journalism. Sure, okay. Um, so it's it's a bit different. But okay. yes, it's 
broadcast journalism is so competitive. It's, <laughs> cutthroat like yeah. it's not something I want to mess with honestly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so after your time at UGA um what happened next yeah so I owe the rest of my career to my professors um there was one of my favorite professors named Dodie Cantrell um who was part of New Source she was she's I think she was like one of the first like news women news directors um in Tegna which owns like a bunch of stations like uh, 11 Alive in Atlanta mm-hmm. um she's an amazing woman but she basically was able to get me a position at uh KUSA TV which is nine news in um Colorado and oh, wow yeah so it was because of her recommendation like that her recommendation alone like obviously I had to interview and like do that stuff but her recommendation like opened the door for me immediately because they trusted her that much and because Grady has such a like a big reputation um I (laughs) it was like all of my school and my professor um but But yeah, uh, so I ended up going through the producer development program at Nine News. And Nine News is the number one news station in Denver. It is like, it is home to some of the best journalists I've ever worked with. Like they are Emmy Award winning people. Like, like they're crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, So I spent six months there. um, And the producer development program was basically training you up so that you um, become a producer for Tegna. Mm-hmm. And um, what I ended up doing was, it was essentially for broadcast producers, so running the show, but I was really interested in digital because I just felt like that's where we were heading towards with news. Sure. Um, so I spent a lot of my time working with digital producers and that basically just means everything that's on air is now taken and made uh, and produced for digital. So articles or even making social videos um, or like writing things on Twitter or updating Facebook. So like that aspect is what I got trained on the most. Mm. Um, And then I got placed into St. Louis, Missouri right after. And I worked at KSDK TV there for a couple of months. Uh, but I really wanted to come back home. I did some really fun things in St. Louis as well. Um, I got to work with the investigative team a lot and make really awesome um, pieces for them, interactive mm-hmm. online pieces. But I really wanted to come home. So that's how I ended up at USA Today. <laughs> so um, when you got placed in St. Louis, was that from um, the same company? Yes. Yes. Okay. So USA Today's parent company is Gannett, and Tegna used to be under Gannett, um, but they actually split off recently, yeah. Oh, okay. So it was kind of, uh, when you, so you had to apply to USA Today, it wasn't like the same? Okay, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So um, when you first came into USA Today, were you a video producer from the the start? Uh, Yeah. So I was a associate video producer. Mm -hmm. So my main job... (laughs) So my main job was just to create, create, create. Um, but I got promoted at my year anniversary to, to just video producer. And now I'm in a more different role where I am kind of 
heading a different franchise for our video team. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm actually not really in that news loop every single day. I'm like kind of doing another project right now. Um, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> are you allowed to tell me that? Yeah. So we created a new um, franchise basically called Problem Solved, and it's focusing on videos um, that are like tips and tricks on day-to-day life. Um like four things to never refrigerate or things to not put in your microwave. Like um, it's just kind of those videos is to drive revenue for. Yeah. We have like another team called the kind team and they focus on feel good videos. So they have like humankind, animal kind, military kind, woman kind. They have like all the kinds. Um, And our jobs are basically to focus in on a specific kind of video in order to bring revenue. <laughs> wow, man. I just feel like, you know, news outlets need to think about everything nowadays in order to, and especially cause you know, you're not selling papers anymore. You know, yeah. you're not like, that's how they made money, I'm sure. And now that it's not like that anymore, you have to figure out different ways to, to bring the revenue and, exactly. um, produce stuff that people are going to be interested in and everything you just said I'm like wow I need to watch these videos (laughs) (laughs) Um, so Jane could you um, share with me maybe something that like what do you love about your job what do you like about it or I'm assuming you love it I don't know if you actually I, I do love it I think I'm so incredibly blessed to have a job that I love that also matches with my major mm-hmm. I feel like that's really rare um so yeah I'm I'm I love it and I think the biggest part that I love about it is I learn something new every single day like and I don't think a lot of jobs can say that but for me it's like I'm a jack of all trades like I don't know I am not an expert in any topic but I get to talk to people who are, I get to cover stories and learn about topics that I was completely unaware of. I get to learn about events that I didn't know. And it's just, it's so awesome because I just feel like I'm just like learning so much and I'm getting to talk to these people that I would never ever talk to in my life Mm. uh, if it wasn't for this job. So the, the newness of it and just how it's never repetitive is is what I love. That's awesome. Um, what about the challenges? Uh, you know, do you, are there any, you know, either day-to-day challenges or just realizations or obstacles that you've faced in the last years post-graduating college that you maybe didn't anticipate or anything? Difficulties? Yeah, for sure. Um I mean, it's, it's tough on your mental health. It's really Mm -hmm. tough because I love when I see those posts on Instagram or like Facebook, that's like, you know, when you need to take a break, just shut off your phone, turn off the news. I'm like, I can't, (laughs) 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 I I am the news. (laughs) Right. Um, yeah, but I think it's, it's just so tough when you, when, when things happen and you have to kind of be the buffer, the barrier between what gets out to the public mm-hmm. and what you see happening. Um, like when, when there were so many school shootings 
when a lot of school shootings were going around, like that really um, hit me. And even like the coronavirus stuff um, or even having to witness George Floyd's death, like I have, to, you know, especially as a video producer, you have to watch certain things. Yeah. Um, and obviously the public isn't going to see some of that, but it's just hard to, it's like, it's traumatic. It's, it's second, it's a secondhand traumatic experience sometimes. Yeah. And so I've had to really learn to not take it with me when, mm. once I stop working. Um, but I had a really hard time finding that balance for a while. So what did you do to, I mean, I mean, do you still feel like it's an issue for you even, I mean, like, cause this, t- especially, you know, I'm just going to say it like during this 2020 year, it has been crazy, you know, so yeah. much has happened and I do. Okay. Like, this is just my, my personal opinion. I do feel like, you know, quarantine has just brought things out of people and even out of, um, like, I don't know, like, Things that we wouldn't have talked about, I think, pre-quarantine, mm-hmm. we're talking about now because we're all just home, you know? And I think it's good. I think it's good that we're talking about it. I think it's good that it's being brought up, just yeah. whatever the issue might be. Um, so there's a lot of news to be covered, you know? Yeah. And I'm just curious to, um, how, are, how are you coping with it personally yeah. as a journalist? Yeah, for sure. I still struggle with it. Um, I think what I had to do, like just very practically, is to not look at certain things after my shift is over, which is really hard because the reason I got promoted, the reason why I'm in this new position is because I am so obsessed with seeing how our videos do, how our articles do. I'm I'm constantly seeing what could be better. Sure. Yeah. And I'm analyzing everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had to stop doing that. Like I had to just like once I'm done, I'm done. And like mm-hmm. stop looking up articles, mm-hmm. stop seeing what competitors are doing. Um, and just let myself just live without you know, getting news alerts. Like I had to delete some news apps off of my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just like remove myself from those situations when I can. Oh man, that is tough though. You know, it is, like, it is. Um, but I, but that, what, what it sounds like, as you mentioned before, is that you have tried to find that balance, right? Between yeah. personal life and work life. But then it is, I can't even imagine because that, that would consume me too, honestly. Like, yeah. you know, being a video producer and the news is something that should be relevant, you know, but that is literally your job. And it's kind of like when I ask people that are, I mean, I don't know a lot of chefs, but if I if I meet one, I'm like, oh, do you cook well at home? And they're like, sometimes they say, you know, like, I don't want to cook at home. But um, <laughs> anyways, um. Uh, there is something I wanted to ask you about, and I don't know if you feel comfortable talking about it, Jane. And if you don't, it's fine. <laughs> but um, 
you know, during all the Black Lives Matter, and not not all, I don't want to say it like that um, to dismiss it in any way, uh, but, you know, during this time of just highlighting the, the brokenness of this world, um, how, as a journalist, are you... Like, are journalists asked to be like unbiased do you know what i'm saying like i'm sure you have your opinion you know about everything i i do you know but i don't have to report it so how do you keep your bias out of it and just report the news yeah this is an incredibly relevant um question i'm actually part of our social media advisory group which determines the ethics guidelines for USAT right now. Mm -hmm. And it's tough. So just to give you some background, we are not allowed to post anything that will sway public opinion on where USA Today as a brand would stand. Okay. Um, We weren't allowed to go to protests. We were not allowed to hint at anything Black Lives Matter. Um, And so it became a question of, because we always knew that you can't like, you can't obviously endorse like, or show support for any political candidate, like, Mm -hmm. or donate to a campaign. Like we're not allowed to do that. And that was very obvious from the get-go of Mm -hmm. journalism. But the issue now stands, is it political? Um, Are these issues political or is Mm -hmm. it a human issue? Mm -hmm. Um, Because you know, it's an organization, Black Lives Matter is an organization, but obviously that phrase has become something much bigger than the organization. Sure. But with saying it, affiliate us with an organization that is political. I see. So it's it's really tough. It's really tough. There is no answer. Um, I meet with this group every Wednesday and there's just so many questions because we have black reporters we have black journalists that say I can stop my job I can't stop being black you know Mm -hmm. when when the day is over I am still a black person Mm -hmm. and so like what can I do you know yeah Um, and then and then there's this aspect of what's happening on social media it's like if you're silent you know like Mm -hmm. you're also taking a side Mm -hmm. um But I think one thing that really stood out to me during our meetings was one of um, one of the women I work with said, like, everyone has the power to share something. Everyone has the power to tweet whatever they want, show support for whatever they want. But but she was like, we need to understand the privilege that we have of being able to speak up in the newsroom and determine what stories get covered, Mm -hmm. um, what language we're using and in order to protect that privilege we have, if we need to sacrifice the other aspect of it, like, you know, it's a small price to pay. Um, And so, yeah, like it sucks in a lot of ways because sometimes I feel like I can't say what I wanna say on, you know, like Instagram, for example. Um, And my silence might be mis- misperceived by a lot of people but you know that's kind of what I also signed up for at being a journalist you know yeah Um, so I mean I got the chills when you were talking about (laughs) that just now yeah 
but it's it's definitely an ongoing conversation. There is no right or wrong answer to this. Uh, we're we're trying to figure out how we can be human as journalists, but also have the public's trust that when we cover things that it won't be biased. Yeah. Man, I love that so much because I'm sure it is so difficult, you know, to be in this industry, have opinions. Because journalists are opinionated people. I know this, <laughs> you know. But, you know, for the sake of what it is that you really want to do and how you want people to hear voices, not just your voice, but other people's voices, I feel like is so, you know, such a, it is, it's a privilege. It's a privilege. So Jane, I'm so thankful for you. (laughs) Um, Well, you know, I feel like, you know, we, I I don't want to keep you too long. But was there anything else you wanted to share about your industry or your career that maybe I haven't asked you about yet? Um, no, I mean, there's, it, there's just so much to it. Um, I think there's just, you know, it's a strained relationship right now, especially under this administration between the public and the media. Mm-hmm. And I totally get it. I have, I have certain assumptions and and biases towards different careers that I don't know about. Like, you don't know it until you're in it, you know? Yeah. Um, You don't know what you don't know. So I just hope that, you know, I'm able, just in my own little circle, be able to build that trust because it's so important. I think there are obviously so many different opinions and outlets and whatever, but like, Journalism in itself is so important and it is, you know, it's used as a watchdog for powerful people. Like it's used to like give a platform for people who might not have the power to fix anything by themselves. Mm. Um, And that's why I fell in love with journalism. I would read stories and, you know, see these people who were so desperate and they didn't know what to do and they called then like, you know, they called their local station and they were able to do some investigative reporting and get justice for them. Um, and so, yeah, like, I just, I really hope that the more I get the opportunity to talk about my job and just give some insight into what it is that there will be um, less mistrust and um, less conspiracy theories and less, oh, this is, on their agenda um comments and just yeah just by knowing what it is yeah no I agree I think um today I was reflecting just by myself even on like the purpose of why I'm doing when I grow up Mm -hmm. and I realized yeah sure I want to expose people to the different options and opportunities but I realized also that there there is a fear of the unknown yeah say you want to be a a journalist or I don't know, a lawyer, doctor, whatever it might be, um, a singer or just anything. Right. And um, the daunting part of even just embarking on this journey is just not knowing what's going to happen. Yeah. And I just realized, okay, so by talking to people like you, Jane, um, I can give some insight and more information so that fear 
you know, that unknown part would be uh, eliminated, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. So that it'll give people the courage to be like, hey, look at Jane, you know, she's doing it. Um, It may have been difficult in the beginning, but she's doing it now. And maybe I can do that too. Yeah. Um, So again, Jane, I really appreciate you being here. Um, Before we sign off together, um, do you have any advice for somebody that maybe is interested in the field of journalism or, um, you know, video producing for a news outlet? Yeah, I think my biggest thing is to be open. I never wanted to be a video producer. (laughs) I I just wanted to write. Like that was my only goal in mind. And um, I didn't think that video would be a medium that I would be comfortable telling stories in. Mm. Um, But like, I'm so glad that I expanded my thinking and, um, and then now that I'm doing this, like, I can't imagine that I would have missed this opportunity to grow in this medium that is becoming more and more um, just relevant and more and more used um, in news. So I think just, yeah, be open to, to what jobs are out there. And yeah, I think that's my biggest thing. I have so many, but. <laughs> you can share all of them if you want. <laughs> No, but yes. Professors. (laughs) Yes. Amazing relationships with your professors. Yes, that's a good one. That's really important. I feel like people regret that after the fact, you know, they don't build those relationships. Yeah. I took every news source class thinking like it's part of my resume Mm -hmm. because it is. Like we had we had producers coming in all the time from all over the country watching us. So like Wow, that's amazing. It wasn't class. It was I'm getting like I need to know this for my field and also like this will be part of my resume for my job so right yeah like take it seriously it's not just class it's not it it does like the grade is like it doesn't even matter at that point Mm, yeah I liked what you said though about being open I think sometimes even myself you know I I'm just driven to think oh this is what I want to do it has to be Mm. this way but really I think when you expand your options and like look at the bigger picture, uh, more doors will open for you to be able to excel in what you're gifted in, you know? And I feel like Jane, that's what you're doing. I mean, today I was like doing research on you a little bit, you know, (laughs) investigative research (laughs) before our interview. Uh-huh. And I was reading some of your articles that you've written in the past. And guys, I was, I've literally, I would read it. I'm like, I looked at David, my husband, and I'd be like, man, that is some good writing. <laughs> that's, that's some good writing. So I'm excited for you guys to know more about Jane um, through this interview. And also, you know, go Google her, you know, <laughs> so you can read um how good she is at just telling the story. Um, But truly, Jane, you are a gift. Thank you so much for sharing with us uh, your journey thus far. Um, I don't know if you're allowed to answer this, but like, do you see yourself at USA Today Network just for a little while? Or like, do you have other like goals for yourself as a journalist? Or do you want to continue as a digital? Is it a digital producer? Is that what you said? kind of yeah yeah I, I love USA Today Network I think they have an amazing work-life balance atmosphere 
um, which a lot of newsrooms don't have. Mm. And I, the thing that I'm getting into now is I was so focused on perfecting and getting better at producing content. Um, but now I'm going more into, okay, how can we make money? (laughs) (laughs) I think that's an important skill that I never cared about when I was in college or even like the past few, three, four years, because, you know, like, I just want to perfect my craft. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's the business side of things that is requires so much skill, so much communication that I have yet to dive into and that I need to grow in because I'm like just starting off. Um, So it's like, how can we make our videos better? And just thinking it, thinking about everything from a big picture perspective rather than just like, okay, I'm going to make a video today, but like, how can we get our videos on this platform? How can we modify it for this? And Mm. taking a step back and just seeing it more from a bigger picture is what my next goals are. Interesting. Wow. Man, I really envy your desire for growth, Jane. I think it's so important. But um, well, thank you again for your time today. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Um, If you have any questions or you're interested to learn more about journalism, I am sure Jane will be happy to answer any questions that you have and have a conversation with you. Um, You can feel free to direct message me through um, our Instagram or you can email us at podcast.wigu at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Until next time. Bye.